How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode 208 of Master My Garden Podcast. And very, very welcome to the first episode of 2024. Happy New Year to you all. I uh, hope you all had a great Christmas and a nice break. Certainly on my side, it was it was nice to, to, to wind down for a couple of weeks and really excited to get back at it now with weekly episodes kicking off today. It's been, it's been a, I suppose, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the, the previous year, 2023, was a really tricky year for gardening, really tricky. Uh, just here in Ireland particularly, I know in the UK the same, just huge amounts of rain and, you know, I suppose seasons not being quite normal. You know, we had a very, very wet and cold springtime, then we had a very wet summer. We had a couple of blocks of really, really dry and warm weather. And, you know, all in all, it's, it's, been, it's been quite poor. All over the Christmas, that continued. Really wet, really wet Christmas. And I suppose the last kind of week or so, we've had nice frost. And that has been so welcome because not alone are we getting a bit of frost, which will help dry out the ground, which will also be useful for, uh, you know, certainly things like garlic. They need that cold, you know, to really really produced they need a period of cold and we hadn't had any of that since certainly since mine was planted back in whatever that was november i'd say and it does need that period of cold but on top of that to have blue skies and sunshine on frosty days has been really really welcome here uh, sunshine has been the big thing that has been missing i suppose you know over the last few months and it really does you know aside from gardening it really just does give you a boost and yeah, it's really welcome. Uh, hopefully this year, you know, weather-wise plays ball and is a bit more normal, I guess. But what we're going to look at now is the gardening jobs for January. And over the next few weeks, we have a lot of really good episodes and we'll be taking you through the sort of work we should be doing over the next, over the next few months to have productive vegetable gardens and, you know, other within other areas of, the, of your garden as well. We'll be talking about the jobs, various jobs suitable for each month. So those episodes are pro- proven hugely popular. So what to sow by month, um, you know, what jobs to be doing by month day. People seem to be using those as a kind of a diary as to what to do within the, within the coming month. So we, we'll continue with those. Some really, really exciting, good guest interviews coming up over the next few weeks as well. But to ease into this week, uh, this week's episode is just January jobs in the garden. Now, I've mentioned it before, both on videos and on the podcast. We we come into a new year and, you know, once we pass the, the shortest day of the year, you do sort of quite quickly start to see slight, slightly longer days. And definitely when you get into the turn of the year and you get into January, this feeling that you get is, sorry, this feeling that is, I suppose, pressed upon us generally in the world of Instagram and, you know, social media is to get going in the garden. And I've said it on numerous occasions before that you really need to do and sort of mimic what's going on in nature and while grass is growing at the moment, that's about the only thing. Everything else is, you know, working at its own at its own pace. And January is too early. 
So the things we can do in January are really important jobs. They're jobs that will be helpful for us later in the year. But don't get sucked into the, you know, the I must sow my tomato seeds or I must sow, you know, various types of seeds. When it comes to the vegetable garden, to be honest with you, if you look at a lot of back of the packets of seed, you will see January start sowing in January on certain types. And just for me, certainly where I am, and I, as I've always said, you do need to know your own area. There could be certain areas that, you know, you, you're just getting maybe higher temperatures and so on, and you might be able to get going a good bit earlier, say, than I am. But January, for me, in terms of your vegetable garden, I would not be sowing any seeds. You'll have lots of time in February and onwards, and we'll go through that. So for January, just don't start sowing yet. Very, very soon you're going to see uh, people on Instagram showing pictures of sow this, sow that. Don't, don't get sucked into that. Um, I can't stress how important that is. It is, you will feel by looking at, you know, if you start looking at that, that you're behind and I guess sometimes that can make you feel a little bit stressed or you're a little bit, you know, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And it starts to bring a little bit of, I suppose, anxiety to the whole thing where you need to be doing things to, to match other people. Just forget completely about that, in my opinion, for the month of January. Month, month of January is a very important month, a very useful month for getting set up, but just not for sowing seeds. The reason I say that is there's really short days, and that's the main thing. And as I mentioned earlier, the sunlight levels are just too low. Like, you know, any kind of a, a wet or dull day, and you're getting next to no sunlight during the day. And then the period of time where we are bright, you're still not having sunlight. So that's the biggest factor. Uh, temperature is obviously a factor as well. That, that you know, may not change a huge amount in February because February can be a cold month as well. Although for the last few years, it hasn't been. But generally speaking, we're talking about light levels. And light levels are just too low at the moment for most seeds. Now, there is a couple of seeds that you can sow, and they're more on the flower side, and I'll chat about them in a minute. But when it comes to the vegetable garden, just sit tight. Don't get, you know, buy into the, the sort of the race to get sowing and to, and to have them posted and all the rest of it, because the, the reality is it's just too early. Packets of seed, and if you look up, you know, any of the seed producers, they will all have sowing lists for January. Uh, I would avoid all of them. Uh, just wait until February, and then we'll start next month with a good sowing list and something you can get your teeth into. So for January, first thing I would be doing is take stock, and I, I know I said it in a, in a previous episode in December, take stock of what you have in seed, and you know what do you want to grow? Where do you want to grow it? How much space have you? Um, if you're talking about rotations, you know, map it out in a little journal or a little diary and see what exactly it is that you want to grow this year. What did I grow last year? What was successful? What wasn't? And from there, sort of establish a list of what you need to grow for the year coming. From that list, then decide. Have you got all the seeds that you require to grow these? The next thing are all these seeds viable? Are they all fresh? So, for example, if parsnips is one of your regulars, parsnips is seed that, that has to be sown um, 
fresh all the time. So if you have parsnip seed that you have from three years ago, just don't waste your time sowing that. Because sorry, more dose, don't waste your space because you, if your space is limited and you're going to sow that seed, you will get some germination, but it's going to be very sporadic, and you're certainly not going to get any kind of you know good return from that seed. So I would definitely be looking at checking what you want. Have you got all of those? And then on t- things like parsnip, making sure you have fresh seed. If you have any seeds that have a really long date, just check the viability of it. That can be done very simply. Bring a couple of the seeds into your kitchen, you know, into your kitchen windowsill, uh, a little saucer with some paper towel on it, and just wet that paper towel, put a couple of seeds on it, and then you're just watching for a couple of days to see if you get germination. And then if you get, you know, you can you can put out if the seed is sort of reasonably big, you can put out kind of 10 seeds-ish. And then from there, well, seven have generated. That's 70% germination. That's quite good. I'm happy with that. If you put out 10 seeds and two germinate in the windowsill, put that out into the ground situation where conditions may not be as you know good or controlled, then you might be getting next to no germination. So that seed just gets chucked out because it isn't, it isn't going to be very viable or productive when you put it into your garden. So any seeds with old, really old dates, I would, I would be questioning whether you keep them or not. And then get your list. Draw up. You know, I have my tomatoes. I have my peppers. I have my lettuce, my rocket. I have my spring onions. I have my parsnips, but they're two years old. Better change those. And then from there, you get a list of what, what seeds you actually require for the year coming. As always, at this time of the year, I don't think there's anybody listening, any gardener out there who doesn't look at a seed catalogue, who doesn't go onto a seed website, who doesn't go to a garden centre in front of the huge seed section and buy way more than they require or buy stuff that they might never grow. But that's all part of it, I guess. Um, But by having a list and knowing exactly what you want this month, you're getting set up for next month. The other thing is if you're in terms of propagation, if if you're getting started, do you have all the seed trays that you require or something that you can use as seed trays? If, if not, you have a few weeks to gather those up. Um, is your propagator, if you're using a heated propagator, is that all working properly so that when you start to sow in February that you're able to hit the ground running and you're not waiting? And at that stage, daylight will be starting to increase, particularly from the middle of February onwards. And you know, from there, you can kick off your full season. But now take stock of your seed, check the viability of them, and plan your season ahead. Continuing on with the planning team in the vegetable garden and in the you know in your ornamental garden, any beds, you know, beds and borders can be cut back now in the vegetable garden. Any of your your veg beds can be dressed, any weeds can be taken out. Any over, you know, if you have Brussels sprouts, for example, as I have, that are finished, we've got the full harvest of them, then take out all of those and put a light covering. If you're using no dig beds, you put a light covering of compost now. And that's giving you, you know, just topping up, feeding the soil, as we talk about a lot, feeding the soil at this stage of the year. Uh, Same with, with your pathways. I'm using wood chip pathways. Top those up a little bit. They were only created last year with quite a heavy layer, but I'm just topping them up by a little bit now and just adding to that all the time. Uh, in your borders, as I say, cut back any plants that need to be cut back at this stage, cut back your perennials, 
it's also a really good time to divide perennials. So if you have, you know, like hostas, you know, those type plants, just dig them, cut them up, divide them, move them to other parts of the garden or pot them on. And you're, you're going to create new plants to add to other areas of garden. So the vision at this stage of the year, particularly in, in perennial plants, is a really, really good thing to be doing. On top of your beds and borders, taking out any weeds, watching out for any of that, you know, kind of problem weeds, like the docks or nets or thistles or brambles, anything like that. Don't let them get established at all at this stage of the year. Get them out when, you, you know, when there's not much else happening. You can easily see them, you can easily pull them out and then mulch all your beds. And now you're starting to you know, lay the foundations for a lot easier time later on in the year. Still loads of time to plant bare roots. The, the bare root season, I suppose, has been a bit tricky because of all the wet, as we said, pre-Christmas and certainly over, over the Christmas period as well. And this frost now is definitely going to help in terms of drying up the ground a bit. But great time to plant hedges, great time to plant fruit trees, fruit bushes, uh, ornamental trees, all from bare roots. And right up until sort of March time, we'll be able to do that. So if you do have plans to grow, you know, an orchard or some, some apple trees, some fruit bushes, uh, the likes of strawberries even, you can get bare root at this stage of the year. Any of those type jobs, do them now. It's easy work at this stage of the year and you're setting yourself up for producing later on in the year or creating your hedge. And yeah, great time of the year to do those type of jobs. The next thing to do, going back to the vegetable garden again, and it's going to, for certain people, Again, this is going to seem very early, but seed potatoes. And actually, next week's episode is looking at seed potatoes in a deep, in a deep way. In Ireland, you know, based on the fact that we've had a really wet year, seed potatoes are extremely scarce generally in the market. Now, that won't really translate, I guess, into gardening because we're talking about such small quantities when it comes to gardening. Uh, and you will see, you know, mostly you'll see the varieties that you want. But generally speaking, for the commercial crops in Ireland, seed and quality seed are quite scarce and pricing is quite high generally. So with that said, from your own point of view, for, for the small few that you'll want for your gardens, plan early. And again, a bit like your seeds, sort them early, source them early and have them. It, you're still, for most cases, you're not going to plant these for the next couple of months. But if you're able to keep them cool, um, you know, they'll keep fine for planting outside maybe in March time or, or thereabouts. And if you're going into a tunnel, in certain areas, I know people plant into tunnels in January down the south of the country. Um, I would probably be doing it probably early February, but I would still be covering and I'll still be watching for, watching for frost, uh, even within the tunnel. So source your seed potatoes now. Certain varieties could be scarce and just as I said, look out for those. I will be covering seed potatoes, the varieties, best varieties, uh, blight-free varieties, and all of that sort of thing in next week's episode in a lot of detail. And then in terms of what you actually can sow in, in the month of January, and there is some things, like sweet pea is, you know, November, December is great months to sow it, but if you haven't done it already, then sow it in, in January. Don't forget to soak them a little bit first. And then best way to sow them, you, you need a deep, a deep tray. So you're not talking about a, you know, a little small seed tray here. You're talking about something deep. 
and that can be you know a nine centimeter pot it can be just special root trainers which are deep you're looking for something that's kind of you know eight or ten centimeters deep that's what you're looking for for a sweet pea so that the roots can can go downwards and they don't get disturbed you don't want them disturbed when they're planting out so within a say a nine centimeter pot you might put three or four seeds into it just directly into the pot and then you let them come up initially after they germinate and they start growing you'll pinch them out a little bit you let them thicken and then you'll maybe start to get them training up along a, a stick or a little bamboo or something in the initial stages so you'll have real strong plants going out but now is a good time to sow sweet pea other flower seeds that can be sowed at this time of the year a lot of the the summer bedding you know the the begonias the salvias all that sort of thing the only thing to be aware of unlike sweet pea sweet pea like to be sowed at this time of the year they like a little bit of cold but these bedding plants begonias salvias uh, you know that type of thing any of the bedding summer bedding that you'd be used to you're you need heat for those and quite a lot of heat so you're talking about a heat propagator a windowsill generally speaking is not good enough you need a constant you know really constant um, level of heat about 20 degrees and then you'll get germination on the likes of begonias and salvias and so on so if you're growing those just make sure you have heat that's that's, that's the most important thing sweet peas you don't need uh, you don't need heat with then other things to be planning this month, summer flowering bulbs, they'll be starting to become available very soon. And what you're talking about here is you're talking about things like lilies, gladiolis, uh, dahlias. Probably a bit later, you'll start to see them in the shop soon, but I would be holding off and planting them inside first, getting them established and then moving them outside at the after your first frost, which typically in Ireland for a lot of areas is going to be end of April, end of May, depending on where you are. That's kind of the time frame. But by that stage, you'll have good, strong plants ready to go outside. So summer flowering bulbs can be sourced now. And yeah, generally, you can still do pruning. So pruning, cutting back um, hedges, for example, right up until March time, you have the allowed window for, for cutting them. As you know, it's, it's uh, not allowed. I know a lot of people do, but it's not allowed to cut hedges between the months of March and September because of bird nesting and so on. So you have right up until then to, to get your hedges cut, get a bit of shape put on them, and then you won't be, I suppose you won't be interfering with, with birds and their nesting later on in the time. Um, I used to think that that was, you know, that, that time period was a bit long and there was no need for it to be as long, but having said that, and watching the birds here over the last while, I can see why um, it, you don't want to be disturbing them during that time period at all. And to be honest with you, for most hedges, for the majority of hedges that, that people have in their gardens, one cut a year is you know perfectly fine if you're looking for that, that kind of clean and trim look. So you have a good few jobs to be getting on with. It's really all about planning. It's all about setting yourself up for an easier run later on in the time, uh, mulching beds, cutting back, edging, yeah, all of that sort of prep work and tidy up and clean up that allows you to you know, get into the busier periods of March, April and May with less, I suppose, pressures. You know, things like taking out the weeds now as opposed to letting them get really strong and then having to take them out in April or May 
getting that done now, getting your mulching done so that no new weeds are establishing between now and then is keeping your beds clean. Uh, feeding your soil in your in your vegetable garden with more compost, that means that you're planting and sowing into strong um, soil with lots of nutrition in it, with the you know the the soil microorganisms all working properly, and then that has huge benefits as you go forward in terms of pests and disease and healthy plants resisting all of those things a lot better. So all about prep work, an easy episode, a quite short episode to get us eased into the year. Don't fall into the trap of having to sow, you know, having to sow seeds um, over the next few weeks. You don't just get yourself organized and get ready for, for February for the real kickoff of sowing seeds. I mentioned before Christmas, there's, I have two online gardening courses and these are ready to go now. They're available on my website. It's www.mastermygarden.com. And what they are is the first one is a grow your own food course. And it takes you through a growing season, start to finish. So talking about no dig, what to sow, uh, how to sow it, the different terminology that we use when it comes to growing then showing you how to sow how to plant out and then it takes you all the way through to a first harvest and it's about four hours of really good quality content that's going to be useful for you in your garden something that you can dip into and dip out of it um, i think it'll be useful to run through it in one sitting and then go back to it as you require and that's available on the website now. It's 97 euro for a full year. And as I say, you've access to it all year round. Anyone that's signing up for that, there'll be new content being added all the time. So as the season progresses, I'll be looking at things like pruning of fruit trees. I'll be looking at you know, planting new areas. Uh, different modules will be added all the time. And 97 euro for one year, one year access. And that's available now on the website. And the other course is available on the website as well. This is a Grow Your Own Wildflower course. And it's in conjunction with Sandra Cofoda, who is the wildflower expert in Ireland, to be fair. It's, again, video courses taking you through every step from start or your idea of sowing a wildflower meadow to talking about the differences between the, the various meadows, how to sow it, and then we look at all the frequently asked questions, uh, the reasons why certain flowers are in it, how the flowers work together, the benefits for biodiversity, and so on. And that's available on the website now as well. So busy, busy year ahead for myself. Lots going on. Other courses in the pipeline and will be available soon as well. And yeah, as I say, a, a busy time. But I'm delighted now that they're out. And I know that they'll be helpful for people. So they will help you to... I suppose to grow your vegetables, your fruit in a in a in a easier way for yourself, and yeah, they, as I say, really they will be really helpful for people. I think, and uh, I've listened to people over the last couple of years. Uh, I know the challenges and the sticking points where they are, and I've kind of addressed those within them, and it pulls everything together. Some of what's in the courses we would have spoken about at various points in in various episodes but it pulls it all together in one place where you can access it whenever you want. Yeah, as I said, delighted to have them out and more on the way. 
Next week's episode, as I said, is in relation to potatoes, seed potatoes, and there's a good bit there. Talk about very, we'll get into the varieties and so on. I've spoken about you know some of these in the past, but we'll go kind of deeply into the varieties and talk about my experience with certain varieties and so on. I grew all blight-free potatoes in, in the year gone out, and I'll tell you about my successes and fails with them, and there has been one or two. but. Generally speaking, um, we go through all the different varieties, all the main varieties, and maybe some of the some of the less mainstream ones that might be interesting to you in your garden. And uh, yeah, delighted to be back at it. Delighted to be kicking off twenty twenty four. New episode now every week going forward from here after after a bit of a Christmas break. And that's been this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, happy gardening. <music>